Please remember that information and advice provided on this podcast is based off my personal experiences as a young girl with ADHD. Although I do analyse, mention and cite valid peer-reviewed sources, my podcast is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have concerns or questions regarding your own amazing brain and mental health, please talk to a medical provider. doing well. So a bit of background. This episode is currently being recorded during the week lockdown that Melbourne has to deal with. Assuming this lockdown is extended, I want to say also I really, really do hope you're doing okay. Lockdowns are frustrating, isolating and scary. And if you are having negative thoughts that are impacting you in a way that doesn't allow you to go for your walks and deal with and they're just overwhelming please talk to someone there is help there please please talk to somebody you're not alone I hate lockdown it's the worst but we will get through this and I hope that my podcast um, and this episode is a source of comfort entertainment and distraction for you so on to some more positive things I have two very very exciting announcements to make drum roll please I am officially a youth ambassador for the ADHD Foundation Australia, which is so exciting because I never thought I would be able to say that. I've never been an ambassador for anything. So I briefly briefly mentioned them in my last episode. Uh, They're a fantastic organisation that not only supports people with ADHD and their families, but they are probably one of the only organisations in Australia that has factual peer-reviewed up-to-date data, information, use and advice on the current state of the ADHD world and sphere. They aren't a, you know, insidious Facebook page filled with random opinions that have been pulled from, you know, Sky News, WhatsApp and Reddit or conspiracy videos on YouTube. They are a fact-based platform that give so much amazing and optimal assistance and advice. They are phenomenal and I'm so, so excited to be working with them. Uh, And if you know someone with ADHD or yourself, you know you're struggling with it, go and check out their website. Uh, I'm going to link it in the description of uh, this podcast episode and I'm pretty sure I've linked them as well on my WordPress website in resources. So definitely go and check them out. They're amazing. And if you want to hear my voice and you want advice, go ring their helpline. So being a youth ambassador means many things, but my key roles include obviously being a positive representative of the ADHD Foundation and the ADHD community and to spread awareness and information in order to educate younger people, my peers uh, and the wider public and those struggling with ADHD are so that they can be better equipped to support people and to advocate. So I, I'm i just, I'm so excited, excited, I'm gushing. I don't even know if that makes sense. Um, I'm just, I'm really chuffed. I'm, I'm very chuffed and I, I think it's fair for me to brag and be excited. And also to contribute to my bragging, I may or may not be writing for their newsletters. We'll see. I'm just very excited. I need to take a, a breath 
but yeah, that's 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 announcement number one. And now announcement number two, drum roll please. Today's episode is going to be with another amazing guest who is my mum. So I don't remember what how many guests I've had, but I don't care. She's a very important guest, whether she's the 10th or the 100th. She's very, very special. And we are going to talk about um, the experience of getting me diagnosed. She was the admin queen and master behind it. She basically did everything. I, I don't know how, and that's why we're going to talk to her about it. Uh, she's a secondary uh, school French and Italian teacher. And if you haven't already put two and two together, she's the parent of an ADHD child, me. So she is the perfect person to be interviewing about this topic. So with that introduction, let's get into the interview. Oh, and P.S. And we also acknowledge that Although for some people a diagnosis may not be the be-all and end-all and that not having a diagnosis means you're invalid, for me it was so important and so validating because it changed my life for the better. Okay, we've got that all sorted. All right, now let's really, really get into the interview. I'm very, very excited. Hello, welcome back. I'm here with my mum. Hi, mum. Hello, daughter. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. You're fine? Okay. How are you coping with the lockdown? I don't like it. No, I don't either. I'm relieved to be going back to teach my VCE students tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. Starts, yeah. you're lucky. Mm. I want to be able to go out, but that's not going to happen. Okay, so as we all know, today's episode is going to talk about um, getting an ADHD diagnosis and what that's like. So what led to me being diagnosed and... Were there any signs that you picked up on when I was younger or were you advised um, to have me diagnosed? You laugh. Mm. You're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think I, I wouldn't say I knew that you had ADD mm. um, when you were little, but I knew that there were issues, a kinder, um, you didn't follow many instructions, mm. you kind of did your own thing yeah. and... They did say to me, you know, she's going to struggle in primary school, and you did. Um, grade prep was a nightmare um, only because you were in a, a very big primary school yeah. with um, a lot of large classes of, you know, 28 kids or, no, 22 to 20. It's a lot, though. It was quite a few. I remember it was big. The school yeah. was 520 kids all up. And um, you kind of, uh, you know, were sent from class to class. <laughs> they tried to get rid of you whenever they could because <laughs> you distracted other kids and yep. you couldn't sit and focus and mm -hmm. do all those things. So we moved you to a smaller school where um, it was, there were still issues, oh, but yeah. it was better. It mm. was better. Um, they were a bit more relaxed. It wasn't yeah. as rigid and a bit more understanding. Mm. Um, and I remember... Um, I, we, Dad and I had you assessed when you were in grade prep yeah. and, you know, then we by decided. By a pediatrician? No, no, by a, a psychologist, a child psychologist oh. at the Children's, Dr. Leslie Bretherton, and then we were advised by her that, you know, you were going to have difficulties with mm. math in particular. It was math. Yeah. So we um, uh, moved school and, um, yeah, math started to rear its 
ugly <laughs> head for you. And um, anyway, we then had some other assessments done and we worked alongside Melbourne Uni um, mm-hmm. because they had a unit that worked looked at children with dyscalculia, yep. which can be quite common in kids with ADHD, some kids with ADHD. And um, we even went on the ABC and yep. did some, you know, that. were interviewed. And I, you know, I, uh, Dr. Bretherton said to me, look, you probably don't have ADD because you were a good sleeper. Yeah. And when you were at home with just dad and I or mm. grandparents and stuff, you were fine. Yeah. It's only when you were amongst a crowd of kids in a classroom. So, um, yeah, we, um, I knew yeah. your father didn't want to admit it. He was in denial when I yeah. would say she's ADD. So no, she's not. She's a um, spirited. She's just, Yes. And then, um, and then we went back and had you assessed again by Dr. Bretherton. And then um, we had other assessments at the school and so forth, back and forth. And then you went into high school and um, that's when it all started to become a bit more of a problem. And, you know, by year eight, you were struggling terribly with maths. Yeah. You were fine with other things, but you just weren't coping and... So I found a neuropsych. That was the big thing, getting a neuropsych to assess you. And sadly, a lot of families who can't afford it have to wait, you know, six months a year. How did you find the neuropsych? Well, I, someone told me, I can't remember, she was recommended by someone and it costs quite a lot of money. Neuropsych Mm -hmm. assessments cost, back then it was $1,500. Yeah. And we had spent quite a bit of money on other assessments Mm. and luckily we could. However, I feel for families that cannot because it's very difficult. Mm. And um, I think you remember we took you there over a period of um, three weeks Mm -hmm. and you had three-hour sessions with her and then... Three hours? Yeah, you were with her from about 9 till 12 and then... We would pick you up and then we had the big sit down yeah. where she announced it, where I knew <laughs> and I was relieved. And yeah. I looked at your father and I said, we know so. this. And then we, um, from there, we were told to go and see um, a pediatrician, which we did. And then you were medicated. But mm. it was difficult because we did see some other psychs in between who remember. refused to write up a report. Oh, we actually did have... Um, why? One site who, oh, I can't remember. Then, I, yeah. you know, you went to Spelled for a while to yeah, help you yeah, with yeah. your maths. Then we had another psych who her diagnosis was a bit iffy because she picked up on things that weren't there. And, and the irony was that, you know, you, you never had trouble with your literacy. You were always very good no, at and literacy. A lot of kids with ADHD have, like, dyslexia and stuff. And, and I, you I have dyscalculia, which I, I'm pretty sure I struggled with. My inability with maths and, and you know, from Maybe you're just my whole crap life. at maths. Oh, no, I didn't see number patterns just like yeah, you did. I didn't see them. Yeah, I still so don't. And then we had you diagnosed and all this put well. on medication and it changed your life. However, it, you know, it's, it's doesn't make everything good. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, um, but like at home, you know, we could spend time together, we could go out, we could talk, we could mm. play, we could 
Um, you would go to bed at night. You would sleep. Sleep, yeah. You could sit and read on your own. Yeah. Um, do your own I thing. I wasn't bouncing off the walls. No, no, um, no. Do you remember some of the tests that she did on me? Because I don't remember, and I know they're in my psych report, but I don't I, I wasn't don't know. there when she. But she didn't tell you what we did? Well, I they're all in the report. You yeah, have to I'm, read I'm not going to I'm not gonna read the report. There were all sorts of different. And, and the language is quite complex. Jargon-y. and Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of jargon there and everything. And I think we, you know, Dad and I were just trying to avoid the medication thing. Yeah. Um, and it was, I felt better having you medicated in year eight because I used to worry. I used to see kids in primary school. Being where medicated. I, where I taught when I was in the primary sector who didn't deal well with the medication and who were also in a school with, you know, classrooms of 80 kids with shared spaces. And and I used to think, oh, goodness, you know. Yeah. Um, so however, um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to medicate your child when the time is right. And I know people who've and when they spoken yeah. to people, people I've met, you know, yeah. people I know through, you know, different shops, markets and things. Yeah. And they're like, you know, my son's been medicated since he was seven because. Wow. Yeah. We couldn't get him to bed at night. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's a lot parent... more common for boys than not getting to sleep at night mm, in ADHD and boys. Yeah. So I was going to say, what signs should parents look out for in their children when it comes to ADHD? What were the key things that... Well, I don't know if this um, relates that much to it. And at the time, I didn't realise. Yeah. I know that when you were quite little, when mm. you were only a baby, yeah. and my father, your grandfather, yeah, you no, know... No. Um, sort of pointed this out to me and I, I had seen it but I hadn't thought about it. You used to go into little trances mm. and one would like go, daydream. Lucy, Lucy, and try to sort of wave my hand in front of mm-hmm. you and you would only come out of them when you were ready and, and, and I sort of talked to the doctor about it and said, is she having some sort of epileptic seizure? Yeah, yeah, or absent seizure. And um, no and blah and, you know, there were all these different mm-hmm. ideas but and then I think... Um, it all comes to the fore, you know, you went to childcare mm. and we knew the issues existed Which from were? childcare. Oh, you... Um, <laughs> Without being horrible. You didn't listen to instructions very well. You did your own thing. Yeah. You used to put... Um, <laughs> you found a... Uh. Um, <gasps> What do you call a it? Cork board. A cork No, a pin. Like a... Like a, like a um, pin like that you put on cork boards. Boards and you put it on the seat of the swing <laughs> so someone sat on it and you know, got injured their bottom and you were <laughs> always sort of, but, but you went to a very nice um, daycare place um, where everybody there, Tina, all the yeah. people really liked you and, and mm. they had good time out things for you. I think it got, it became more difficult at school and understandably, mm. I don't think you had the best um, prep situation. No. There were issues with the prep teacher oh, yeah. to begin with and <laughs> eventually she left and yeah. um but it was um just the fact that yeah uh, it, it's 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 tough it's not easy was i cuz they say that obviously there's a difference in symptoms with girls and boys was i particularly hyperactive like you like were parents... when you were around for example other kids yeah um I don't know if you remember, you had a little friend and you used to terrorise him. Oh. <laughs> um, and whenever you were at a party, you'd sort of 
you know, spin out of control a bit. Right, yeah. And you'd throw things and you were just like, well, all over the place. You're not giving me a good rap. I come off as a very medicated and nice person. But then then if you were watching a show like ABC Kids that you liked or if we were reading a storybook Mm. or if you were doing something like playing with Play-Doh, which you did a lot of, and playing with your toys or if we went to the park, you were fine. fine, yeah. Um, I, you you grew up uh, amongst a lot of adults yeah. and you re- I think that didn't help in that only child always around a lot of adults you related better to adults yeah than you did with people to kids. so maybe it was that you I just didn't know how to behave with kids, kids. because you know <laughs> you were in an then adult then, yeah. world um and yeah so I think every parent has to sort of come to terms with it differently but um, I have people now, you know, people I work with, people I know who say yeah. to me, you know, I think my son might be ADD because of this, 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 and yeah. this, and this. And I, my response is, well, you know, he's, he's only five years old, yeah. little boys and, be, and little uh, girls can spirited. be very spirited, very active. Yeah. I guess when it starts to Stand impinge out. on and teachers keep on coming to yeah. you with issues, then mm-hmm. you have to do something about it. And you can have kids assessed through the school sites. Did, why didn't my primary school or anything Well, we did. That? We did. I it, talked about that in my last episode. But the psych at the was, time was not able to diagnose. You see, they can't diagnose you with ADD because mm-hmm. you need a neuropsych assessment very for that. very hard to get. And, I, and because the medication is, you know... Um, a class A stimulant, class a schedulate stimulant, drug. And you cannot have it prescribed by a GP. It no. has to be a... Psychiatrist. No, when you're little, it has to be a paediatrician. yeah. Until you're 18, and we did that. And then, then you know, you see the psychiatrist now for your meds. Um, so it's, it's very complex to get a child medicated yeah. um, and, diagnosed. and diagnosed. And I do feel for people, as I said, who can't afford it. Should be so much easier. And who have to wait months and months and months and years. And, and it's not covered by the NDIS, so it's not as if you can get sort of a plan right. or anything. Mm. Um, and under. even in a school, as a teacher, you yeah. can impute disability and stuff with the NCCD. So... You can What's impute the, NCCD? The, the NCCD is like this school thing that we have, yeah. and, and you can say, "Oh, I think this child needs adjustments because they're struggling with focus." But I can't say, "Oh, well, I think this child has ADD," ADD yeah. because I can't. Um, if they have been diagnosed, it's a different story. Okay. However, yeah. Mm. Um, I was going to ask something about the neuropsych process. How so? Because I probably didn't listen was blanking out so you found the neuropsych how long did we have to wait for me oh, to see oh uh, no not long I made an not appointment long. because she told me this is what I charge and I remember at the time she said it's fifteen hundred dollars wow for the assessment okay. and I'm sure today it's more and it's that not. was that was six that was when you were what 13 I think I was 13. so eight years ago or so nearly eight mm-hmm. years ago nowadays you're looking at um Probably a couple of hundred, wow. couple of thousands. So lot. But I, I made a mental thing, you know. I thought of all the money, like cause we, we sent you to Spelled, and Spelled yeah. is a great organisation if you have kids struggling with um, literacy, literacy, and numeracy. numeracy. The advantage of Spelled is that you have special ed teachers. Yeah. Something that a lot of schools cannot afford or choose not to put their funding into. 
Um, you know, you have people who run the NCCD and you have AIDS and they all do a wonderful job. Yeah. However, they don't know how to... They're not trained. They're not trained for the activities and things that yeah. need to be prepared that a special ed teacher yeah. could do. Mm-hmm. And you had the wonderful Claire, Claire she's remember. Great. Um, so I, one day I sat down and I looked at, you went to Spelled for so many years and you did this and we had that assessment. Yeah. And, you know, you, all the diagnosing and different things, yeah. probably we spent close to $10,000. Whoa. But, you know, um, we were... Being neurodiverse costs a lot of money, guys. Well, not, <laughs> no, um, and, and maybe you didn't need some of those yeah. things, but we were able to do it. Yeah. However, again, you know, I feel for those families that can't afford it or the families that where the parents, you know, or you have single parents and they're not really in the know. Yeah. And no, they're kind sure. of, they're not really aware that you can access this and that access spelled exists. I mean... You know, the dyscalculia, I got in touch with Melbourne Uni because I read something about it and then, you know, then we were invited to, to go be, in and the know. be part of this this study and yeah. do this and do that. So it's really sometimes so difficult for people to access and I can imagine people with um, without the language, you know, people from, yep. you know, ESL. migrant backgrounds, um, EAL backgrounds. Yeah. Um, where their kids are struggling, how do you help them? Help them? How do they know all this? Because I see this yeah. within the um, environment where I yeah. teach. Yeah. And I was gonna ask. So there's um, a lot of discourse around that. You know, because diagnosis can be such a lengthy and arduous process that diagnosis shouldn't be the be all and end all, and that you know, if you kind of self-diagnose that should be validating enough what do you think about that point of view do you yeah, think validating yeah. enough but you won't be able to get the meds yes yeah, yeah that's and that's my I mean it can be validating enough and you know I remember we had a very long lengthy talk with yeah. dad yourself and myself about the meds remember yeah. Yeah. we talked about um, you do not have to take these meds you do not have to if they don't make you yeah. feel good if you yeah. are scared However, it's worth giving it a go. We were very fortunate. I remember your face lit up (laughs) and you were like, oh, this feels so good. I feel so good. (laughs) Be careful, people are going to think. Yeah. Well, it is a drug. And over time that feeling went and you just just were able to focus. And I thought what was really interesting is when I went to your parent-teacher interviews Mm. in year seven, and, of course, I went to them because Dad was teaching at the school and he didn't want to go. It was awkward. That was my thing because... They were his colleagues. Yeah. There were so many, you know, oh, my goodness, I don't know how she's going to do this. She's not being, she's not doing herself any favours. She's really disruptive. Yeah. She's, and this and that. And then when I went at In the year end eight. of year eight, yeah. after all, and like, year oh. nine, teachers were like, oh, my goodness. She's a new. Lucy's a different child. Child, I know. Oh, yeah. my goodness, what has happened? And we had told the school. I remember that, we went to see my art teacher and she said, oh, I always knew. And, and, now, and, and teachers knew. Yeah, and they were, course. yeah, of course they did. Of course. It's like I have students. Yeah. Um, I've had students over the years. And I can tell you, yes, um, I could say to their parents, I think you need to look into this. Yeah. And these are students that sometimes don't say much. They just sit there. They and it's good. They're, and not, girls, they're not hyperactive. They're girls who daydream. When I talk girls yep. and even when I talk boys and then again I, I feel for parents because I think sometimes parents um, don't want to know that their child is neurodiverse. They worry about the stigma. Whereas for us, for your dad and I, 
it's really not been a stigma no. because I think you've embraced it in yeah. such a positive way. Mm. For you, it's almost like I said Fun. to you one day, wouldn't it be great if you could go back and get rid of your ADD? Yeah. And you said to me, no way. Yeah. You said, I, I am ADD. ADD. That's what makes That's me. me. I don't want to be different. And yeah. I thought that's fantastic. Yeah. I sometimes forget, like, um, mm. when I read about ADHD, I do sometimes go, oh, no, but I am living with a disorder. Like, there is something wrong with my brain. <laughs> yeah. And I have moments where I go, oh, mm. my God, I'm I'm like one of those people where something wrong with their brain. And then it passes mm. and I'm like, that's all good. I mean, you know, there are t- we have our moments, even now. Oh, yeah. You're, you're terrific and all, but yeah. your ADD still does oh, it's there. play havoc with your moods at times mm. and it can be annoying. Yeah. And, 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 that, and my solution is, when are you going to move out of home, Lucy? Yeah. <laughs> because I can't do this. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's, it's, you, 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 you've been able to, you know, have jobs yeah. um, <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and move around in different circles. You've, you know, I mean... I have and a boyfriend. For you have a boyfriend, a very, very understanding, <laughs> wonderful saint, Trentacle. He's Trentacles. he's the best. But um, the thing is, you've um, you know, you've managed. I mean, I think the greatest, greatest moment was when you got your, you know, ATAR for yeah. BCE. My God, where we knew yeah. you were going to do quite well because. But I'd been we, told for a long time that I wasn't you know, going and, to. And when you and I'm not saying this because I want to brag, but <laughs> people are going to no, run no, their no, eyes. no, 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 no. But you know, a kid who can get in the high nineties, yeah. um, you know, above ninety five um, as an ATAR, and th- having languages helped, but, who's had this neurodiversity and dealt with it means that it is possible, possible. for some. Yeah. And it wouldn't have mattered if you couldn't. No, no, no. However, no. you know, and then I, I look at the way you've you've managed um, university and yeah, then last yeah. year you went away to live in France and yeah. had to come back early, unfortunately, because of COVID. Mm. However, you were there for nearly three months living on your own, managing yeah. your finances. And, and you know, the, the dyscalculia for me has never been a big issue. Yeah, well, it was. My biggest thing was because I believe, like I said, I was I'm dyscalculic. Numbers and maths means Mum has self-diagnosed herself. Oh no, but <laughs> um, but I my thing was always if you could at least, you know, look after your finances, have a job where understand, I could take. you know, and and then when you started working, I remember where you had to use a cash register. Yeah. And you were worried. And, and then you started weighing things when you were Yeah, the I had to weigh and, things. And you were able to do all yeah. that. So when it was hands-on, you could. And I think as long as you got enough skills to get you through, you know, like that meme on Facebook that says, oh, I, I have, <laughs> you know, I, I managed through the day. I did my shopping. I did everything. And I didn't need to use algebra once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, true. And, That's true. and it's true. And, and, and I'm, I'm sort of relieved that your literacy was never an issue. Yes. You've always been a good writer. You were a good speller. You understand. I mean, you know, you, you navigated between three languages as a child. Yeah. Because you were born speaking only French and Italian. Yeah. And you went to your first day of creche at the age yeah. of one and you could only speak Italian, Italian. and French, and luckily they did. And then you learned English yeah. and you had a bit of a, you, you know, a an, bit of a wobbly accent. accent sort of. <laughs> and then you suddenly, and, 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 you know, you were able to move amongst all these and it never impeded you. It was never interfered yeah, yeah, yeah. with anything. Yeah. So my thing was she can read, she can write, she yeah. can express herself and she can't do the maths. 
math but she'll be right and, mm. and I know that there are math people out there like I told a colleague of mine this and he argued I envy me. math people I do yeah he said to me math is as important as, as literacy as literacy and I just think in your case I'll be right fine I, I think um you know you love your music and that and I think where the issue has been for you with it's theory you know if you've ever wanted to do theory <laughs> and forget classroom it. teaching forget it because the theory is difficult it's math well, it is sort of. That, it's patterns. Mm. It's it's patterns mm. and numbers and and times. And I was gonna ask another thing, and this is a question that I don't have an answer to, and you probably don't. And we won't. What can people do if they can't get a diagnosis? What can help a child if you're like pretty sure? Yep, this kid, my child's ADHD. Or while they're waiting. And while you're waiting, what can be done? Obviously, because they can't have medication. Well, nowadays, could be done? with the NCCD in schools, um, you know, schools, teachers can, you know, impute that there's an issue and parents can talk to teachers and um, modifications can be made yeah. for the child's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, ensuring... I think when you enrol your child in a school yeah. and, and they, they are neurodiverse... Try to pick a school. People tend to go, oh, I want the state school. Oh, I want the Catholic school. I want this school. Private school. What oh, you right. need to do is you need to look at the school where um, the funding goes towards this. Because schools can do pretty much, well, they can do a bit of what they want with the funding. Yeah. So um, does this school provide a number of aids to work with my child? Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and I think one thing that, you know, I remember we got for you was um, that wonderful uh, program, Number Shark oh, and Word Shark. Oh, the best. And there's some very good – and that was recommended through Spelled. Yeah. I even remember we took you to – No. Petsy oh, no, please. Um, they – it was a – what do you call it? An uh, organisation. No, like OPSM. It was uh, a, an optometrist. Optometrist, but they – did a behavioural thing oh. with you and we spent quite a bit of money on it and they gave us all this stuff you had to do at home and I think because Lucy never crawled as oh, a yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, fun fact. Yeah, I never crawled. And that can be um, quite – that can affect my motor the skill. neuro, motor skills and very the neurological cool makeup of a child. It's good when kids crawl, even if they command a crawl. She never crawled. She just walked. And <laughs> That should be a question. What Petsamenti – believed you needed to do <laughs> was to relearn all that and to crawl around at home and dad and I were prepared to crawl with you <laughs> and you just wouldn't do it you just would not do it yeah and then there were all these exercises and things we had to do piggyback and piggyback yeah and was we the tried and you know maybe one day as an adult I'm going to you're going to I've spent your days crawling, crawling. around I, I do think about it I've tried to repress it. I do think about it often and mm. I think because my motor skills are so bad, maybe one yeah. day you'll find me crawling. So I think with parents, um, you know, do as much as you can with the school. Yeah. And when you enrol your child in a school, facilities, those things, maybe not as important as what do you offer for kids who have who disabilities, have d- disabilities mm-hmm. and neurodiversity. And sometimes, you know, people are very critical of schools like, the private school you went to, mm. whereas the setup there for you for maths was, was the really the they best. They were amazing. Um, and there wasn't that expectation and it was good. It, they modified they, my they, math They program. modified your work and they did it all really well and it worked out Beautifully. extremely well. 
Beautiful. So that 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 myth that oh, independent private schools no. um, just kick kids They're not out. a monolith. That's um, not true. No, they they really work. Yeah. I and mean, some can, but that could be the same for state schools. Like they're yeah, not a monolith. No. They're it's a bit harder to kick a kid out of state, state school. school. But that's yeah. true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, any parting words of wisdom and um, inspiration that, that you have? Well, no, I just think you need to, um, as parents, it can be quite, you know, overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I think parents sense it. I think yeah. a parent will sense it, their child, you know. And and I, I think the hardest thing for you and for us was that you're a girl. Yeah. And that girls, what would have been seen as oh well he's just a boy and I remember even friends and friend kids parents saying to me oh my god she's so active oh she's a bit rough oh she's just like a boy. I literally talked about that in my last episode and I found that quite annoying because it was just well yeah so so, girls don't get to be boisterous but boys do and and I think we saw that in your school the difference at the primary level where you didn't go there in primary school Mm to your high school, but, you know, where the girls have to behave a certain way. Yeah. So I think the expectation of girls, it's a bit like, you know, that thing that when women are highly strung or whatever, old, yeah. it's always madness. 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 And when men woman. are odd, it's Like in Pirandello's Theatre, there's always that representation yeah. of the mad yeah. woman. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really unfair on, um, on girls because, um, yeah, it's wrong. So, you know, um, I, I think... I think we've also been lucky because you don't suffer from anxiety and depression. And I'm speaking as a parent of a neurodiverse child who doesn't have those added comorbid things because you've seen friends of yours or friends of yours who have who severe ADHD and who've not been diagnosed properly and who are super anxious and who are also very taking a lot of risks and yes. get themselves into trouble because they don't know limits. Yeah. So it must be very different for those parents yeah. um, and it must be so difficult. So I guess here we're talking about an ADHD kid who, ADD kid who's very positive about it all. Mm. Um, I don't think you can turn all kids around and no, make it a positive no, experience. No. It's, I yeah. think for some it's, it's very tough. hard it's, and yeah. it gets harder as they go yeah. along. And but a I diagnosis can them. do a lot though. A diagnosis, medication, and then once you're with a pediatrician, pediatricians can then recommend all the Tips. other support networks yeah. that are out there. Because I was... It's, it's being... Having the contacts. Because I was talking to the... Um one of the um, like founders and directors of the ADHD Foundation and she was saying that they get so many calls on their helpline of, you know, people in their 20s and 30s sitting on a bench in the middle of nowhere saying, I, I can't hold down a job. I yeah. can't do this. I... I what is wrong and then they get the diagnosis and they're like oh my god all these years of my life I yeah. spent yeah having such a difficult existence and it's so hard and then when I got my diagnosis it was like oh mm. I think parents, such a relief. parents need to embrace it and not be scared of it your child you know um uh if they do if you think that they do have ADD and it's like you know I've even seen parents over the years who you know, discovered later on that their child has um, autism a, spectrum disorder, yeah, ASD, and you know, and they're like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, and and the shock must be yeah immense, immense. Um, but it's going to be okay. for some people. But I think as a parent, you have to not worry about the stigma and just 
soldier on and pray <laughs> that, you know, um, or be hopeful that things, you know, but the more you are involved in different things, the more your child, you know, can be like the children's hospital offers a quite a bit. But again, there's waiting times. That's yeah. the only thing. Mm. But um, yeah, and get involved in um, different groups. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Mum. That was beautiful. My pleasure. That was lovely, beautifully put. Thank you for being my, I don't know. And books, and books, because you've got a fantastic, I bought you quite a few books. I mentioned it, yes. And the ADHD. Book of lists. It's a bit like ADHD for dummies. For dummies. It's 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 got everything in there. It's a compendium and it goes It's a mansion of a book. And then there was another book I bought you. Something the new new normal and it talks about medication for children who are um, autistic and ADHD Mm, and it's great. mm, So read mm. books. There's a lot of literature. There's a lot of literature and a lot of literature that if you can't afford the books, get them through your libraries. Get your library to order them and all of that. So And and join the ADHD Foundation. You know, join... Join subscribe. different groups, yeah. subscribe and that. And listen yeah. to the Lucy Pod, of course. And Google. Google as much yeah. as you can. Some of it, of course, is you've got to be crap. careful of, but, you know, read as much as you can about it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mum. Um, Trent, There's you that. need to insert a big round of applause for Mummy. And and we're having fish and chips tonight, whether you like it or not, because I'm craving it. Okay, that, that's not relevant, <laughs> but that's that's good. Fish and, lockdown fish, fish and, and chips. chips. All right, thank you for listening to the Lucy Pod, and I'll see you in my next episode. Bye. Au revoir. Bye.